we had hoped to have our 20-inch plane wave telescope installed, but coordinating the painters together with the dome automation people together with the telescope installer, when we were aiming at this date back in August, when we were setting it up, um, we had to guess that it would be done by then, and unfortunately, the telescope isn't in the observatory, but we will have telescopes on site. It's always something, isn't it? It is, it is. <laughs> so uh, when, do you, when will that finally be installed, do, do you think? Um, the week following. I kind of, <laughs> it makes me blush to admit that. Um, we worked as hard as we could, and I have to, you know, my hat's off to the folks that are on the construction crews and having to coordinate with one another. When we try to set a date like this so far in advance, it's almost like trying to predict the weather right? or, or even to predict the northern lights to keep it in line with what we uh, deal with a lot up here at Headlands. Is it's really hard this far, that far in advance to say, yes, we'll be ready by that date. We tried like heck, but um, we do have, we will have access to the building so that um, guests to the program can come and take a peek inside the observatory. We will have uh, astronomers on site with telescopes. We'll still be seeing the night sky, so we will have a lot of activity happening. You know, with all the gadgets that are around today, how do you get kids interested in uh, going outdoors at night and uh, just looking up to see the stars? You know, that's an interesting question because when you say gadgets, I automatically thought you were going to ask me about the gadgets that you can use to access the night sky. For me, um, it's just a matter of getting children and adults outside at night. And that's the first step, is to kind of be out in that environment as the sun is going down and the stars start to come out. There's something quite magical about the quality of night. And then to let that naturally dawn in a child, that you can be in that environment. And it might sound a little esoteric, but something starts to happen in our own thinking and imagination when we expose ourselves to dark or darkening environments that I think can kind of be an antidote to having to be plugged in all the time. But we have a great deal of fear to overcome in our culture in order to just have that experience. And I think that's a, it's kind of a basic response to that question, but it's a first step to just put ourselves in the natural environment and expose ourselves directly to it without any kind of assistance from telescopes, binoculars, laser pointers, apps on cell phones, like get rid of all of that stuff and just be in the world when it's naturally going through its own transition in the day. What sort of fear? Well, I think um, of being afraid of something getting you when you're in the dark and you oh. can't see. I would even go further than that and just say that we get a lot of uh, fear, it, whether it's fear of everything from terrorists to climate change to basement monsters. I mean, it might seem kind of silly, but these things are just beneath the surface. And if you talk about like being in the dark, it, like, it, it grabs you right away. Things mm-hmm. jump at you in the night. And because we live in overlit environments, we're not all, often in a place where it's just naturally dark. And we are encountering ourselves just in the dark. I'm not an advocate for being unsafe at night, no. but I am an advocate for having that experience regularly because it helps to build a place in us that says, no, that there isn't the fear that might be feeding on me doesn't really have a place in this environment. Well, the conditions, if they're right at night at the Dark Sky Park, you can actually see a portion of the Milky Way and uh, all kinds of stars. Is there anything interesting happening in the sky right now? Well, so what's going on in the month of April is that we, you mentioned the Milky Way. We don't see the best part of the Milky Way in April. It starts to come up over the horizon 
after midnight and between 3 and 4 a.m. is when you can see it well, but then after 4 o'clock you start to get twilight before the dawn and it gets swallowed up in that light. But right now the planet Jupiter is in the south southwest part of the sky and Jupiter is brilliant it's beautiful it's the brightest object in the evening sky with a telescope you can see and even some high-powered binoculars you can see the moons of Jupiter we also have Mars in the evening sky but Mars is kind of fading it's not really bright right now Mars is going to be in the evening sky until about June so you can take a look at that and then in the morning sky and looking toward the east we have the planets Saturn and Venus um, but that would, you know, that's, that's toward the dawn. You have to be looking for those things. So we do have all of, uh, most of the naked eye planets visible to us, and then with the help of a telescope, it's great to look at those things. Also, we are getting the tail end of the region of the sky where we have the constellation Orion with Taurus the Bull and the Pleiades star cluster. Um, that's just a lovely part of the sky. Uh, there's a lot of super clusters out there. If you're looking through a, through a telescope, um, Lots of story that goes with that part of the sky in almost every culture around the world. So let's say that I wanted to take up astronomy as a hobby, but I don't really want to spend a lot of money on a fancy telescope. Uh, are there inexpensive ways to stargaze? Yeah, you know, the astronomy friends that I have really recommend starting with a pair of really good binoculars. The thing that I have found with, with binoculars is that the more high-powered they are, the more sensitive they are to your, you know, your own body's motion, so you have to have you can use a tripod. Um, and also, I would make access. I would access local astronomy clubs because I've never met a more enthusiastic group of people than than amateur astronomers who love to share information about their technology, and love to share their enthusiasm for their subject matter, which is the night sky. So, a good pair of binoculars. Some of the lower end telescopes that are available are not necessarily the best investment and I only say that because telescopes are one of the main things that are donated to museums and organizations <laughs> such as our own and it's usually from people who bought one they had a lot of enthusiasm and then the enthusiasm didn't sustain through learning how to use it and it ends up sitting in the corner or in the attic or the back of the closet until finally years pass and they decide to donate it not everybody is like that but it's something to be aware of. Take your time. You know, make sure that you really uh, are going to stick with it and then, and then dive into the equipment.